0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Gobbler Country's Talking Turkey. This is John Schneider with my regular co-host and partner in crime, I guess, Brian Manning. How you doing, Brian? I'm good, John. And yourself? Uh, just had leftovers from yesterday's cookout, so I'm not going into a food coma because it wasn't that much. <laughs> but yeah, I'm doing pretty well. I'm good. Well, we're here today because, as my article stated... And I posted the roster. We're starting the roster reviews for Virginia Tech, the Hokies this year. And one of the things that we have this year that we didn't have last year is podcasts. So what we're going to do is this is your article to write. So we'll go through this. And I guess at some point we'll see your art your little article going it, it, i don't it doesn't need to be big you know that i'm going over this kind of in writing cuz some people like to see it in writing and not in talking but the big thing about tonight is running backs because i figured we would lead with what we've had the most problems with for the last oh 10 years which is getting a consistent running game going with somebody who actually isn't either a clobbered and injured or b ill-used or see doesn't play enough to get any momentum going. So what's your feeling about what's going to happen this year with this running game?
1: I think Khalil Herbert, the transfer from Kansas, will be the guy who's going to be the, I don't know that you want to call him bell cow, because in, in this offense that's been an issue. With There's never really a bell cow. They always split carries. But I think Khalil Herbert's the leader in the clubhouse. I think Keyshawn King, the outstanding freshman from last year, will figure heavily into the mix. And I think those are your primary guys. I think Raheem Blackshears, as a running back, he's obviously going to be more of a gadget type guy, slot receiver and all that. He's a junior from redshirt from Rutgers, but we don't know if he's going to be eligible yet. And that's still to be determined, knowing how the things worked with Hoffman last year. I doubt he'll get eligibility because they have an issue with Virginia Tech, apparently. But Blackshear will figure heavily into the mix if he is eligible to play, but more as a jet sweep slot receiver type and he can be a huge threat for the Hokies this year and you got guys like Jalen Holson Sr. I don't know how much you'll see him Taj Gary will could figure into the plans and Marco Lee the uh, Cuco transfer those are pretty much you round out your other guys and Terrius Wheatley as you alluded to earlier be more of a kick returner and he's he's good at that so He's got out.
0: good hands. Now you might see him in a receiver mix too, because that's what they did with him last year. Is he was the substitute mobile slot receiver, and when you wanted a small possession slot, and he had good hands. But yeah, mostly <clears throat> he seemed to have been saved for the return game. I think he'll probably set up both. As although I don't know, we'll see. We'll see how they deal with it the wide receivers have traditionally been the punt returners and the running backs have traditionally seems like it have been the kickoff returners. So we'll see how it goes. But uh, yeah, I think Wheatley we're going to see in special teams more than, more than not. I haven't seen much of Herbert. I've seen a few of his films. I've seen a few of the highlight games where they, you know, when, when, when they were initially recruiting him and trying to get him in, he seems to be a pretty decent effective back. He's over 200 pounds which means he's a load. He seems to move really well and get momentum going, and he looks like he's the perfect guy to run the Cheeto. The read option play has two places where the running back reads to go. Either the running back goes up the middle and the quarterback reads to go around the end, depending on how the defensive end crashes or whether there's a nose tackle over the top of the center or the other way around. Then the other read is the quarterback flip-flop, where the quarterback takes the ball up the seam in the middle, and the running back sort of takes the outside or the counter angle. So at this point, I think from what I see of size and ability, I think we're going to see a little bit more of
1: Herbert. Herbert was, had a good career at Kansas. and
0: Yeah, his I, numbers I, were really cool.
1: I was laughing about some of the when the transfer portal rankings and I saw him in there with Ricky Slade and Ricky Slade was a five-star prospect out of Virginia two years ago and he was can't miss and we, we saw that he did miss and now he's at ODU and Herbert was ranked ahead of him in the 247 sports transfer portal rankings. I kind of got a chuckle of that because we got this guy transferred from Kansas and
0: he's higher rated than the guy that everybody was
1: crying about missing on two years ago.
0: Yeah. I have this observation, and looking at our running back stack, I have this observation. I'm starting to really get wary of stars. Every once in a while, they're right, and it's just their consensus, five stars and four stars that, look, I, it doesn't matter who it is or what it is, the kid's got something special about him, and that's you know just the way it is. But I'm seeing a lot of the muddiness and sort of, exposure image in the four-star and high three-star range, I'm beginning not to trust those ratings as much. I think that there's just too much information. It's the, the old TMI thing where these scout coaches just have too much information. The, the services see too much perfect information. They see packages put together. They have services out there now that are helping to to boost these kids' rankings and things. Uh, the camps and stuff, because it makes the camp look better. So, you know, I'm beginning not to trust the ratings as much. One thing I will say, I have no earthly idea why Colton Beck went to Blacksburg High School, was a star football player and a star track player, a sprinter. It tracked for Blacksburg High School, won all sorts of state awards and state championships. He was part of the Bruins when they won the state championship for their division he was everything to that school, comes to tech. He's a track scholarship. He's not a football scholarship. He's still on the roster, but that track coach is not going to let that kid run on a football field because that track coach sees every time somebody tries to take a shot at him that one of his one of his star runners in, in, in the four by one hundred relay is going to get smacked by somebody trying to knock his head off. So I, I just don't see Colbeck ever being able to, unless there, he's the last running back in the pile. I don't see him ever getting a chance to play football.
1: No, he's not going to play football here. He could be a valuable asset with the unreal speed, but now he's he's too valuable to the track team. I believe, and he knows that he's got a future in that sport. Once yeah, his time in black is up,
0: yeah, he's he he is really lightning fast and. Where he's really fast is in the relay where he gets a running start and can get get going instead of starting from dead zero. Yeah, so I, I just don't see him ever playing football. They carry him on the roster, I guess, you know, because they do. But it still, it still kind of makes me smile a little bit. Because <laughs> if I was a Strat coach, I'd tell Fuente, he didn't play in anything at all. You put him in a suit, you put him on the sideline, you pat him on the fanny, and you say, stand there, because I'm not letting you out on the field. So the other guys behind Herbert and King, Marco Lee, I saw his numbers in school. He's nice and he's a bowling ball. He's kind of a short fullback. That's kind of a tough position to be in Fuente's offense because short fullbacks in Fuente's offense just don't seem to go very well, but he seemed to be quick enough and agile enough that maybe we'll see him used a little bit here and there. It would be an interesting thing, but on the backside of this break, we're going to talk about quarterbacks because that's the other small roster, okay, and that's going to be an interesting discussion too. So. We'll be back in a minute, and if you'll take a listen to our sponsors, we'd appreciate it. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore dealmaking across sports, media, and entertainment.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Gobbler Country's Talking Turkey. Before the break, we talked about running backs. Now we're going to shift focus to the most important position on the field, quarterbacks. And we know that Hendon Hooker, the redshirt junior from Greensboro, is the unquestioned starter as we head into the 2020 season. But there's some some intriguing options behind him. John, what do you see at the quarterback position
0: behind Hooker this season? Yeah, like like you said, Hooker is not going to get knocked off that pedestal unless something happens to him physically. But the number two position is going to be an interesting fight because Quincy seems to have been passed on the depth chart with Burmeister. I don't know yet. There's no confirmation because, of course, we haven't seen any practices. We haven't seen any scrimmages. We haven't seen spring ball. And the solid rumors in the spring before it shut everything down were that Burmeister had really impressed the coaching staff not to pass but to suddenly appear as a solid number two option in, you know, in case something happens to Hooker. I don't know if that would be a parallel to, you know, you understand what I mean by parallel to where you'd have both of them ready. And depending on the situation, put Patterson in or Burmeister in, depending on what you were you know like who we were playing or what the situation on the field was just because both of them have had snaps in college, both of them have field experience, both of them have operated in high-pressure situations, and the difference between the two of them, honestly, is fairly slight. The only thing is, is that I hear that Burmeister is much more accurate passer, and it depends on what you're going to run, right?
1: Yeah, both guys can run. Burmeister's a little smaller at 6'1", 210, Quincy's 6'4", 245, but Quincy if if we want to be honest here Quincy's probably got the highest upside of any quarterback on the team he has unreal talent and yeah. he showed us glimpses last year what he could do and if he plays it's up to the coaches to do what best supports his ability and he can throw the ball and he can run but you know Hooker is the guy right now and he should be the guy right now and and I'm excited about it and I think if it wasn't for Trevor Lawrence the best quarterback in the country coming back and Sam Howell we'd hear a lot more about Hooker going into the season.
0: That's the thing I think that ticked me off. And one of the things that, okay, I got angry when I went through the 24 by seven, and I know the guys over 24 seven. And I'm like, (laughs) what are you you guys thinking? They put, I'm sorry, Pitt, Kenny Pickett and Pitt deserve each other, (laughs) okay? Kenny Pickett is not a better quarterback than Hendon Hooker period. End of story. No comparison is allowed. And to have Kenny Pickett in there without even having Hendon Hooker listed in that top 10 list anywhere that I noticed, or top five list or whatever, it was just ridiculous. I mean, somebody just was not flat paying attention to what happened last season.
1: Yeah, the only two quarterbacks, in my opinion, and I think most of people's opinion that actually watch football are that the only two guys you could rank ahead of him is Lawrence which is obvious and and Sam Howell based on how Sam Howell played last year you got to give him the advantage over Hooker at this point
0: because because NC State was pretty much parallel with Tech and Howell played a whole season not a part of a season
1: but that would be how I ranked him I would go Lawrence Howell and Hooker in that order and I would probably have Kenny Pickett about seventh or eighth on the list if we're for wanting to talk about him
0: Not to pick on Kenny Pickett, but I'm sorry. I've seen Kenny Pickett play quarterback. Mm -mm. No, he might think he'll get drafted and maybe some idiot will draft him. And then he'll disappear off a roster before practices start. But like they say, the Giants picked up from Duke.
1: Oh, Daniel Jones?
0: Yeah, Daniel Jones, the guy that nobody can remember his name, that he was from Duke because he was terrible. All my family were Giants fans were oohing and eyeing over him. And I'm like, please, I've seen him play football. He's not that good. So far, he might have the Giants think that he's performed amazingly well, but <laughs> we'll see. But on the quarterback side of things, I think we're part of the quarterback issue is the play calling. And I know most of our regular fans and commenters are going to say the exact same thing that you can have a really good quarterback and you can have, like we said last time, some pretty solid running backs. But when you hit a 30 yard pass for a first down on third down and you follow it up with the dive play into the middle of the line, every single time, like clockwork at some particular point in time, somebody's going to have to learn how to take advantage of momentum. And that's one thing that this staff has not seemed to be able to crack the code for, which is establishing momentum and keeping it. Hendon Hooker is a smart kid. His father was a star quarterback and I know teaches him and has worked with him personally for a long time about reading defenses, about how to play. Offensive staff has to start taking advantage of that. They have to take advantage of the fact that Hendon Hooker is more than just a physical presence on the football field to run the play that's been run in and called.
1: Here's some advice for the coaching staff. Use the tight ends this year. You wasted, in my opinion, Dalton King for three years. I know they used him at times, but he could have been so much more. James Mitchell can be so much more. Use those guys.
0: Yeah, Nick Gallo, they're big kids. They got good hands. Those intermediate passes out to the slight flats, get your quarterback running, get him rolling out, out of the pocket so that he can see, so that he doesn't get tracked down and stuffed. How many times last year did Hendon Hooker get stuck? Because one part of the pocket collapsed and because he wasn't allowed, they didn't move the pocket away from the power part of the rush that he got caught and threw an incomplete, not necessarily got sacked all the time, threw an incomplete. Or if he had just had one beat more because he was running to the right or to the left, he had one beat more of time, that pattern could have opened up where he could have hit that. You know, they're not giving the players enough leeway. Okay, our offensive line's going to be better this year. It started to really get good at the end of last year, but there's only so long that you can sit in the pocket anymore. It just is. I mean, there's just defenses are just so good and so athletic and so powerful. There's only so long that even the best offensive lines, and we don't have the absolute best offensive line, we've got a good one. We've got solid kids up there now. But, you know, we're not Clemson yet. We're not Notre Dame yet. We're not Penn State yet. We, we still have to allow that quarterback some space. And magic might start happening again. You know, I don't know at this point, but I do know that one of the reasons why Hendon Hooker was not number three was because Cornelson won't call the plays that would make Hendon Hooker number three. And I don't mean individual plays. Like I said, I mean play series where you had you did A, B, and then this didn't work, and then you try C, C worked, and then you go back to A, B again, like suddenly A B is going to work again. They don't seem to be able to figure out how to develop a rhythm. And when they do, it's in the short game or in the, in the short time game. And Hooker's been really great with that. I mean, he's pinpoint accurate passer. He really is. He's, he's smart about where he puts the ball, too. I just like to see them take advantage of that this year. That's just my opinion. So we got a minute or two. You got, you got anything to add and what do you think the depth chart's going to be? Okay. Hooker.
1: Well, I think we pretty much covered it in detail. It's Hooker's job. I wanted to touch on before we get off here, the Hokies picked up a big commitment on Saturday of July 4th when DJ Harvey, a, a four-star corner out of California of all places chose the Hokies and I don't believe this is a kid that's going to be backing out of his commitment. He's he visited the Hokies a while back and loved it, and was going to hold off. Was originally going to make his decision in November, push it back to September, and, and went ahead and decided now. And I like hearing that because this recruiting class has been full of decommitments, full of players slow playing the staff, committing silently and then but not committing at all. And this kid wanted to be a Hokie and he put it out there and he went ahead and got it done. And he's a he's a really good player too. So I'm excited about this one.
0: Yeah, it seemed like it was a good one. And like you said, it it sounds like he's got family at least reasonably close. And, you know, and like I said with Tyree, Tyree is still pumped. Everything I hear out of Tyree Sanders is that he's, he's coming and he has no intention of changing his mind. So, you know, a couple of those kids could make a big difference in the class of 21. So that wraps up the two offensive backfield positions that are the biggest that count the most one that's been neglected and the other one that needs to be further developed because it shows a lot of promise. So maybe this season we'll see more effective choices in the read option so that that play actually starts working better. I'm hoping if everybody will hang on and hang in there, the next one we're going to do, and that's my article to write, which is the offensive line we're going to cover the offensive line again and uh, then we'll hit the wide receivers. That will be the next podcast. So if everybody will uh, relax and enjoy the week, hopefully all this stuff will blow over and we'll actually have, cross your fingers, have a football season. So Brian, as we always go say, go hokie.